So if you'd like to open that up in your Bibles, that's Luke chapter 8, verses 22 through to 56. Good morning, Heather. Good morning, everybody. Beautiful morning. What a privilege to be here. It's on page 732 on that Bible. So Luke chapter 8, starting at verse 22. One day Jesus said to his disciples, let's go over to the other side of the lake. So they got into a boat and set out. As they sailed, he fell asleep. A squall came down on the lake so that the boat was being swamped and they were in great danger. The disciples went and woke him saying, Master, Master, we're going to drown. He got up and rebuked the wind and the raging waters. The storm subsided and all was calm. Where is your faith? He asked his disciples. In fear and amazement, they asked one another, who is this? He commands even the winds and the water and they obey him. They sailed to the region of the Gerasenes, which is across the lake from Galilee. When Jesus stepped ashore, he was met by a demon-possessed man from the town. For a long time, this man had not worn clothes or lived in a house, but had lived in the tombs. When he saw Jesus, he cried out and fell at his feet, shouting at the top of his voice, What do you want with me, Jesus, son of the most high God? I beg you, don't torture me. For Jesus had commanded the evil spirit to come out of the man. Many times it had seized him, and though he was chained hand and foot and kept under guard, he had broken his chains and had been driven by the demon into solitary places. Jesus asked him, What is your name? Legion, he replied, because many demons had gone into him. And they begged him repeatedly not to order them to go into the abyss. A large herd of pigs was feeding there on the hillside. The demons begged Jesus to let them go into them, and he gave them permission. When the demons came out of the man, they went into the pigs, and the herd rushed down the steep bank into the lake and was drowned. When those tending the pigs saw what had happened, they ran off and reported this in the town and countryside, and the people went out to see what had happened. When they came to Jesus, they found the man from whom excuse me, from whom the demons had gone out, sitting at Jesus' feet, dressed and in his right mind. And they were afraid. All those who had seen it told the people how the demon-possessed man had been cured. Then all the people of the region of the Gerasenes asked Jesus to leave them because they were overcome with fear. So he got into the boat and left. The man from whom the demons had gone out begged to go with him, but Jesus sent him away, saying, Return home and tell how much God has done for you. So the man went away and told all over town how much Jesus had done for him. Now when Jesus returned, a crowd welcomed him, for they were all expecting him. Then a man named Jairus, a ruler of the synagogue, came and fell at Jesus' feet, pleading with him to come to his house because his only daughter... A girl about 12 was dying. As Jesus was on his way, the crowds almost crushed him. 
And a woman was there who had been subject to bleeding for 12 years, but no one could heal her. She came up behind him and touched the edge of his cloak and immediately her bleeding stopped. Who touched me? Jesus asked. When they all denied it, Peter said, Master, the people are crowding and pressing against you. But Jesus said, Someone touched me. I know the power has gone out from me. Then the woman, seeing that she could not go unnoticed, came trembling and fell at his feet. In the presence of all the people, she told why she had touched him and how she had been instantly healed. Then he said to her, Daughter, your faith has healed you. Go in peace. While Jesus was still speaking, someone came from the house of Jairus, the synagogue leader. Your daughter is dead, he said. Don't bother the teacher anymore. Hearing this, Jesus said to Jairus, Don't be afraid. Just believe and she will be healed. When he arrived at the house of Jairus, he did not let anyone go in with him except Peter, John and James and the child's father and mother. Meanwhile, all the people were wailing and mourning for her. Stop wailing, Jesus said. She's not dead, but asleep. They laughed at him, knowing that she was dead. But he took her by the hand and said, My child, get up. Her spirit returned, and at once she stood up. Then Jesus told them to give her something to eat. The parents were astonished, but he ordered them not to tell anyone what had happened. Good morning, everyone. It's great to see you. Uh, for those of you who I don't know, I'm, my name's Benjamin. I'm looking forward to getting to know you afterwards. When you think of chaos, what comes to mind? Chaos. On a small scale, remember that static on the radio as you twiddled between stations? Or the snowy picture on the TV? You may not remember that. Uh, they don't have that worry anymore. It's been replaced by a silence or a calming blue screen as we all move to digital. On a larger scale, chaos is being at the mercy of the elements. When you sleep out in a field, uh, can you imagine sleeping out in a field because you had nothing else, just uh, wondering whether you'll be rained on overnight or uh, frozen or attacked by wild dogs. You're at the mercy of what's going on on Earth. We don't generally have that worry anymore. We've built houses, uh, fences, uh, cities to provide some protection from that. On an even larger scale, how about the chaos of nuclear war or a global pandemic? Of course, we don't have that worry anymore, uh, or do we? Uh, some of us... Uh, choose just not to think about that sort of chaos. We much prefer calm. Calm in the chaos is something we all crave. In this chaos, chaotic and crazy world, we want some order to our life. If I can give a family example, when the child has just flung that plate of food across the table and the other child is crying because a little piece of carrot happened to hit them in the face. As a parent, you know you have to find some calm in that chaos or you risk just becoming part of the chaos yourself. In an emergency department, in a hospital, there would be chaos 
if it weren't for organised, intelligent people who establish some order, who restore some calm. But how do we find calm when things are beyond human control? I, I don't mean find a way to be distracted or not to think about it. I mean find a real solution. What I want to put you to you today is that no one brings calm to chaos like Jesus. We're going to see that today as we look at four stories in Luke chapter 8. But your main point today, Jesus brings calm where there's chaos. I'll tell you what else feels chaotic, a raging sea. That feeling of being adrift, that feeling of seasickness that is caused when your ears and eyes think that things are still when in fact they're moving and when your muscles try to compensate and all of a sudden your stomach compensates in ways that you weren't expecting as well. You're off balance. It's those inexplicable shifts in balance that cause our ears to give up and our eyes to haze over and our stomach muscles to push in the wrong direction. A raging sea is an example of chaos and we long for something firm to hold on to, to stand on or something to distract us until it just is all over. In the first episode in our passage from verse 22, keep your Bibles open at Luke 8 verse 22, uh, it starts out well enough. One day, Jesus and his disciples got into a boat. Well, what could go wrong in a boat? In this story, Jesus fell asleep. This is the only recorded episode of, in Jesus' earthly life of uh, us being told that he slept. Uh, Jesus is a human after all. He needs food, water and sleep. As a child, he learnt to walk. His hair would have needed cutting. We, knew, we know he, he cried. We know he sweated. Jesus was human. But there's more to Jesus than a mere man. Jesus' deity, his godness, is on display here too. The narrative tells us that the wind was whipping up the waves so much, verse 23, that they were swamped and in danger. These are adult fishermen, mind you. The lake is no surprise to them. They've grown up here. They've seen wind and waves before. In fact, John chapter 6, a little bit further on, describes another storm on the lake when the disciples, did they cower? No, they just whipped out the oars and rowed four or five kilometres. They know how to handle storms. But this one's really got them. And they come to Jesus and wake him up. Master, master, we're going to die this this is a picture of chaos. They're all in danger. They're all swamped and they're all panicking. Uh, there's one person in the boat who isn't panicking. Jesus. Did you read? The storm was on them and they went to him to wake him up. Jesus has been sleeping while they're all panicking. But he did get up and we get four short phrases. He rebuked the wind and the waves and they ceased, and there was calm. That's the word for dead flat, as we just sang. With a word, Jesus stops the wind and the waves dead flat. 
Jesus turned that chaos into calm. And what's the response? Verse 25, the disciples are fearful and amazed. Fear and amazement. They're in awe. They're marvelling at what's happened. And they're, they're wondering, who is this that turns chaos into calm? He's no mere human. The question is asked again in the second setting of our passage and on the opposite side of the lake to the disciples' home region of Galilee, Jesus and his disciples are Jewish and they had certain customs which it appears are not observable in this second part of our passage today by the fact that there's a pig farm nearby. Pigs were no-go for Jews, unclean, unpalatable, But here there's a farm of them, so there's an industry of pig growing and bacon eating, presumably, serving the surrounding town. We're not in Kansas anymore, Toto. Jesus is making inroads into Gentile country. Perhaps that's a sign of things to come. But the pig farm is not the focus of this story, is it? Because there's something more unclean going on here. Verse 27 When Jesus got ashore, he was met by a demon-possessed man from the town. A man full of demons. I say full of demons because we read that the demons call themselves legion. That's a Latin word meaning a a unit of soldiers. Uh, The word survives today in the French Foreign Legion. The word conveys military power and this man is a casualty of war. War is chaos and this legion is bringing the chaos to this man. And caught in the chaos, this man has no dignity. He's naked. He's living in tombs outside the town. And his only interaction with his neighbours is when they trap him and shackle him. Uh, And those chains and shackles don't seem to do much to contain him either. Fast forward to verse 35, and the man is no longer demon-possessed. The legion has departed. The man's no longer rushing around and shouting. He's sitting at Jesus' feet. He's no longer naked. He's now dressed, no longer tormented, now in his right mind. His dignity is returned. The chaos has been turned to calm. What's happened? Well, Jesus is what's happened. Jesus turned chaos into calm. Before he rebuked the wind and the waves, you'll remember, now he, with a word, permits the demons to leave. They rush into the herd of the unclean pigs and the pigs head into the lake to their death. You can imagine the questions that arise from this episode of healing. The pig farmers run into town, no doubt they're in some sort of awe, confused, amazed, fearful. The townspeople come out to investigate and they're clearly awestruck. Or, you'll remember, a mix of fear and amazement. Although here it seems like there's more fear than amazement as the eyewitnesses describe what happened. Can you imagine them? Or looking at the man sitting there, dressed and in his right mind. Then looking at the lake 
where the pigs went and then looking back at the man and then looking at Jesus, they're wondering, who is this who brings such calm where there was chaos? But the man knows who Jesus is. Verse 38, not long ago he was begging Jesus for help, but now he's begging to stay with Jesus. Jesus, however, has greater plans for him, doesn't he? He tells him to stay with the town full of questions to answer the question, who is it that brought calm to my chaos? And the next account, too, really brings home the chaos because we get this sense of more than one chaotic episode on top of the other crashing in together, chaos on chaos, Notice the author doesn't try to disentangle the chaos. They want to get this full sense of messiness across to us. Verse 40, read with me. Now, when Jesus returned, a crowd welcomed him, for they were all expecting him. Then a man named Jairus, a ruler of the synagogue, came and fell at Jesus' feet, pleading with him to come to his house because his only daughter, a girl of about 12, was dying. As Jesus was on his way, the crowds almost crushed him and a woman was there who had been subject to bleeding for 12 years but no one could heal her. She came up behind him. First thing we noticed is in this account there's a a big crowd. Verse 40, the crowd welcomed him. They were expecting him. Verse 43, the crowd was hemming him in, pressing against him, nearly crushing him. Verse 42, rather. We're told of two people who managed to push their way through that crowd. The first, a prominent man who begs for help for his daughter. That's Jairus. We'll come back to him in a sec. The second is a woman I think we're supposed to see some contrasts here. Unlike Jairus, this woman isn't afforded a name in the story. Jairus speaks, she doesn't, well, at least not initially. Jairus approaches and stops Jesus falling at his feet. She approaches from behind, not wanting to stop his journey and rather than fall at his feet, she just wants to touch And not even him, but even just the edge of his robe. This woman is nameless and her health problem is causing her shame. She's been suffering from bleeding and clearly this woman isn't wanting to call much attention to herself. The phrase bleeding for 12 years is just as validly expressed as bleeding from age 12. Her bleeding is abnormal it's uncontrollable, it's embarrassing, it's getting in the way of relationships. Uh, As a person with uh, uncontrolled bleeding in those times, she would have been declared unclean. She would have been unable to enter the social circles in the temple, unable to transact much business, uh, unable to have normal relationships uh, with the people that she was associated with. Uh, Could we also deduce that marriage and children would be a problem for her as well? If not physically, then certainly socially. She's in chaos. Can you feel her chaos? If you've ever lost control of your relationships, ever been shunned by your friend group, ever been in the chaos of poor health, you, you can empathise. 
No wonder she's approaching from behind. She's just seeking minimal contact. And she hasn't had a good experience from those she's contacted before. And then we get just four words. Instantly, her bleeding stopped. What was chaos is now calm. If you felt her pain, can you rejoice with this woman too? Her bleeding stopped. Her social isolation stopped. Her embarrassment stopped. Her lack of control ended. It's all stopped and so starts her new chapter of life. She's healed by reaching out for Jesus, even while his back is turned. Uh, Who is this man in front of her who brings calm to her chaos? And Jesus knows what happened. Who touched me, he said. I've always wondered a little bit about that. He had to ask, who touched me? Do we really think that Jesus doesn't know? Well, as I think about it, back to Genesis 3, when God was in the garden with Adam and Eve, and he said, where are you, Adam? Did he really not know? No, he's, Jesus is asking for an opportunity for this woman to explain and witness to what has happened. Jesus knows. This silent woman who's been lurking in the shadows finally finds her voice. I do so wish that we could read what she said, but even so, I don't think the words would do it justice. How can you pour out tears into the text? Uh, How can you fit her emotion into the page? We can only guess what she said, but we understand what she felt. It was awe a mix of fear and amazement as she thinks about what Jesus has just done in her life. And Jesus understands too. We don't get the customary address of woman. No, this one he calls daughter. Daughter, your faith has healed you. Go in peace. This woman's story, though, quickly fades as the narrative continues Uh, But we do notice her, don't we? She reached out in faith when hope was all but lost. And Jesus didn't disappoint her. Once she realised she was healed, she came trembling with a mix of fear and amazement. She was in awe because Jesus brought calm to her chaos. But the story continues, this rapid fire, chaos after chaos, and news has just come that Jairus' daughter is dead. Imagine the chaos for this man. I wonder what he would have been thinking. I can only imagine, but for me, it would be chaos inside. I tried to get help, but I was too late for my daughter. Uh, Should I have gone to Jesus sooner? And then this unnamed woman turned up and slowed the response. Why couldn't she have waited her turn? Didn't she know? My daughter, my daughter. And why did Jesus talk to her instead of coming with me? Couldn't Jesus have moved quicker? Uh, I wonder if that's what was going through Jairus' head or was he just frozen in the chaos of knowing that things were out of his control? reeling from the news that his daughter is dead. Perhaps he'd promised her that everything is going to be fine, I promise, and that's a promise that he can't keep. Jesus, however, has the power to keep 
big promises. Verse 50, Jesus says to Jairus, don't be afraid, just believe and she will be healed. That is a big promise. That is a big promise. After she's been pronounced dead. And he walks into that house full of chaos. Everyone is crying and mourning. And he says, stop. And they're all too caught up in their own chaos that they don't realise that they're in the presence of God in the flesh. And so they just laugh at him. But God acts anyway. This daughter is also given new life. And her parents, we're told, are astounded. They're in awe. Because in the midst of their chaos, Jesus has brought calm. This is a chaotic passage. It's full, full of chaos. Jesus brings calm wherever he goes, though. And that's what Jesus does. And reading these accounts, we see that this is no mere man and we have a sense of fear and amazement as we think about Jesus, the God-man. If you're asking who this is, who is this man, the answer that Luke wants you to know for certain is that, yes, Jesus is human, but Jesus is also God. Jesus is Saviour. Jesus is Lord Jesus turns chaos into calm, but not just in the Bible. Jesus can bring calm to your chaos too. Now, when I say your chaos, uh, I see you're looking back at me and um, some of you might be asking, what chaos, Ben? Where's, Where's my chaos? I'm fine. I've got my house. I've got my health. I've got my family, I've got my job, I've got my super. (laughs) What chaos? You're right, you're right. Some people are sitting pretty. They don't have cause to think about eternity. What more could heaven offer, they say, I'm satisfied right here, right now. If you can't see any chaos, I put it to you that you're not looking far enough ahead. Because you couldn't control how you came into this world. You can't control how you leave it. And some people don't see chaos until they're confronted by death. Uh, Later on in the book of Luke, uh, later on in this book of Luke, Jesus tells a story about a rich man who was so confident in his riches that he even said, well, I'm just going to build bigger barns so that I can have even more security and I'll be happy and I'll be set for life. But little did he know that this very night, his life would be taken from him and he would have no control over that. What good is his security if it can't help him control what's going to happen to him? You see, regardless of our security and our riches now, we have no control, no power over how we leave this life. And if you thought death was something we had no control over, then what comes next is judgment We are helpless. We are helpless, though we might try and distract ourselves from that. We are helpless. A time is coming when everything we've done wrong is going to be held out for everyone to see. 
a time in which we'll be assessed against a standard that none of us has met so far in our lives and how could we expect to meet it as we go forward. And when we face that judgment without Jesus, there will only be chaos. As uh, Jesus describes frighteningly as being shut out of the house where there's only weeping and gnashing of teeth outside. We are helpless to stop that and although many people choose to not think about that and just be comfortable in their security and their control, a time is coming when they will realise that they are helpless, that their distractions of riches, of health, of amusement, of addiction, of anything to avoid thinking about their helplessness will all just fade away and they will be left with the realisation that there's nothing they can do to control what's going to happen. Is that how you feel? Unsure about what will happen to you in death and judgement. In yourself, you feel helpless. Helpless just like the people in our story today. Helpless like the disciples in the storm. Helpless like the demon-possessed man. Helpless like the bleeding woman. Helpless like the father and his daughter. They all have something in common with you. They are helpless. But they have something else that we should have in common with them. They reached out to Jesus in their helplessness. They reached out to Jesus and Jesus didn't provide distraction. He provided a solution. If you have working ears, hear what I am saying to you. Hear what Jesus is saying to you. Don't be afraid. Just believe and you will be saved. Accept that you are helpless in the face of judgment. There is nothing you can do. Believe that Jesus is the only one who has power over death and reach out to him for the help that you so desperately need. Jesus is offering you eternal life free from the judgment that you deserve. Take this offer and if you accept it, there comes a calm that you know what is going to happen to you as Jesus calls you his and takes you to be with him away from the chaos. Jesus is coming again. He will make everything new. He will give us peace, the peace which enables us to endure the chaos that we are currently in, in this world. We can re-enter the world's chaos because we have the peace of Christ. When you're in the family crisis, you can bring the peace of God acknowledging that there is no peace except in Christ who offers reconciliation. When you're in the war zone, you can know that Jesus has got you for eternity and you can offer that calm to those who are feeling helpless. And when you're in financial trouble or sickness or whatever you are feeling inferior in, you can follow the example of those in our story today. Acknowledge that you are helpless. Look to Christ and reach out for him and rest in the eternal calm that he offers with the fear and amazement 
that comes with that. Priscilla Jane Owens is someone you probably haven't heard of. Uh, One woman who knows the calm that is found in Christ. Her hymns that she wrote have outlived a lot of the memory that we have of her specifically. In the late 19th century, she penned uh, a hymn that shaped God's words into these lines about Jesus that are appropriate. Jesus is an anchor that keeps the soul steadfast and sure while the waves and billows roll we are fastened to the rock which cannot move grounded firm and deep in the saviour's love therefore let us acknowledge our helplessness before god and trust in christ the rock reach out to our saviour jesus the only one who provides us a peace that can last for eternity yeah how about i pray heavenly father Lord, you provide us with calm and peace that lasts for eternity. You did that through Jesus, no mere human, but our Saviour and Lord and God. Heavenly Father, as we encounter chaos in this life, may we have the peace of Christ that transcends all understanding, guarding our hearts and minds so that we are able to act as your ambassadors in this world holding out a peace and calm to those who are perishing. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.